Welcome to the Sedated Man Podcast. We're here to help you break free from all that's holding you down and provide you with the tools to embrace the brotherhood of Christ. It's time to stand back up and be the man you were meant to be. Here's your host, Mike Baker. All right, you guys, you guys have stuck with me for quite a while, and here is episode 100 of The Sedated Man. Now, you know, yeah, it's a milestone, but, but I want you guys to know that this, is, this podcast is not about me, it's about you. All right, so I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to preach at my local church, and so episode 100 is going to be a video of just that. So get value. Uh, you know, continue to drive forward. Any questions or, or links that you need, please go to my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash the sedated man. And if you ever have questions, you can feel free to contact me directly, mike at the sedated man.com. Uh, I've gotten contact from some of you guys. If you guys have ideas for shows that you would like me to do, things that concern you that you want me to go over that would help you as a God-fearing man to, to, to grow, to move forward, absolutely let me know that because I'm here for you and, uh, and for the legacy of my kids. So you guys have a great day and enjoy the, uh, the preaching. So you guys get to learn a little bit about me today as to whether you want to know that or not, that remains to be seen, right? I did hear that the chili cook-off was yesterday. It was. Did I hear that Aaron won? Nine different chilies. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking on Crystal primarily. Did I hear that Aaron won? Was that? Anna won. Anna won. Oh, okay. Anna won. I know that. <laughs> Crystal will kick me later, I'm sure. So, all right. What do you guys see on my PowerPoint here? Who said nothing? No, serious. Who said nothing? Nothing. Okay. Somebody said a dot. What do you see? Tell me what you see. You can actually shout it out. What's that? Black hole. I haven't heard black hole yet. A period. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anything else? No? How many of you have ever heard of the dot theory? Oh, see... For me, this is pretty exciting because I haven't got to preach here yet. For my wife, it's probably not so exciting because she's heard all of my stories. Uh, I've preached many times in other places. And uh, my wife, it's funny, every time I get asked to preach, she feels I should come with a warning label. So I will warn you ahead of time that there's no subject that I'm afraid to breach because I have an honest uh, conviction that if I'm up here, it's my job to send you out with something as a teacher that you can use today. Okay, not just make you feel good about yourself, but this is what we need to do. This is what you need to do today. All right. So, so with that, this is the dot theory. Okay. And the whole idea of the dot theory is what you don't see. What do you not see? You see the dot. What do you not see? 
you hear it though. <laughs> what? The rest of the screen, that's exactly right. This is called the dot theory because it's called, because it's primarily about being stuck on the dot. So stuck on something that you forget what's around it. How much of the, uh, how much of the screen does that dot take up? Minuscule, right? Is it the majority? So why do you see the dot and not this? Because you're stuck on the dot. Yeah, it's the contrast, all right? But are you capable of seeing both? Are you capable of comprehending and perceiving both? Should you ultimately be perceiving both or should you be stuck on the dot? That's the question. That's not one you got to answer right now. Okay, that's more hypothetical. All right. So in Romans chapter 12. I'm old school. I still like my Bible. So for those of you who don't know, I use a New American Standard, and so I know a lot of you use, you use NIV. So follow along as best you can. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves, or to present your bodies, a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, something I want to focus on here is living and holy sacrifice, and don't be conformed, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, this is the opposite of stuck on the dot. If you think about it, correct? Stuck on the dot, you're there. That's all you're really looking at, that's all you're seeing, and that is typically by choice, okay? But renewing your mind is also by choice and is the opposite of dot theory. This dot, right here, this is where Satan wants you. Okay? Now, when I'm talking about it in this context, I'm not talking about your ability to focus on a project or anything like that, right? I'm talking about the things that are important, the things that we get sidetracked on, the things that we allow ourselves to be pulled to, the places we allow ourselves to go. Those places may or may not be transforming, well, they're probably transforming our minds, but maybe not renewing it in the proper perspective or way, correct? Is the world in turmoil right now? Yeah. Okay. And I think, I think that it would be very easy to become so embroiled in that that we forget who we are. Correct? Okay. But because it's so toxic, you've got two kinds of people. People that want to talk about it all the time and people that don't want to talk about it at all. Is there, a, is there a balance? Yeah, because you can't ignore it, but nor can you let it rule your day. Let me give you some personal history. This is where you get to learn a little about me, since a lot of you know me and you know some things about me, okay? I was actually, although we're from Montana, you guys, a lot of you guys know that, spent 35 years, 35 plus years myself in Montana. My wife was born and raised in the Bozeman area. I was born in Moscow, Idaho, so there, okay? I was born in Moscow, Idaho, and uh, to a dad who was a drunk and a mom who was abused, okay? Uh, I grew up scared to death of my dad, 
we did not have a good relationship and we didn't start getting along until about two years before he died. And I'm telling you right now that you cannot make up for 20 some odd years in two years. Okay, so that's something, you know, and at the age of 51, that's something I still live with. So, so then I, I had this great upbringing, and that's a joke, and I married very poorly right out the gate. Okay, and I don't mean kind of poorly. I mean like almost had to do it on, on purpose poorly. Okay, uh, I literally told my best friend at the time, I remember this, I said, I'm gonna marry that gal, I'm not talking about my wife, I'm gonna marry that gal. And what I was doing was I was waiting, waiting, waiting for somebody, anybody to tell me it was a bad idea because I wasn't raised, and I knew this, I wasn't raised with enough common sense to know that this was a bad idea. I knew that there was something probably not right, but when you, when you were in love, you got married, and that's what you did. I was waiting for somebody to tell me. Guess who told me? Nobody. Nobody stepped up and told me. Nobody stepped up. I was a fairly obnoxious kid. I'm not going to say I wasn't, but I was also afraid of my own shadow. I lived in fear constantly because I was here. I married poorly because I was stuck on the dot. I had an ugly divorce, ugly, ugly several year divorce. Sacrificed everything for those two boys. A lot of you know we're a mixed family, okay. Sacrificed everything for those two boys of which neither one of them will talk to me now. Now, I want you to keep something in mind and this is very important to me. You are only hearing one side of the story up here, okay. It would be unfair for me to say that I made no mistakes and there's not another side of the story. There absolutely is another side of the story. What I can tell you is that we, my wife and I now, sacrificed for those boys and now neither one of them talked to us, okay? But I had a really bad divorce. Why did I have a bad divorce? Because I was stuck on the dot. Now, I allowed myself to submit to poor self-image. Why? I've given you the answer already. It's not a hard test. Stuck on the dot. How often do we as Christians, if indeed we are Christians, how often do we as Christians get stuck on the dot? Do we have to? See, there is a theory out there that, okay, I'm going to say this, although this isn't part of my message, okay? So I'm not going to go into great depth on it. There is a thing out there, I, I preach a lot and I also have a podcast and I've talked about it on my podcast a lot. The sinner forgiven model, okay, which is a flawed model, it does not work. The sinner forgiven model keeps you stuck right here. And the sinner forgiven model is simply the model that a lot of Christians think in their head that I'm just a sinner forgiven and that is not a scriptural model. I'm not going to go into it right now, but I can tell you it is absolutely not a scriptural model. That will keep you stuck on the dot because Satan is crafty and he's craftier than me. I might be a smart guy, but I guarantee you if I was to go head to head with the guy, he's got my number. Okay. So when I open myself up a little bit, I begin to see blessing instead of stuck on the dot. When I met my wife, I was still in a very weak state. And I'm sure my wife can attest to that, okay? I still was making tons of mistakes. I was trying to commit. I was trying to, not that I had a problem with committing, 
but I would sacrifice all of myself and, and take nothing for me, which in any relationship you can't do. Okay? You can't sacrifice 100% of yourself. You can expect nothing, but if you're, you're, your significant other, your spouse really cares, they're going to give all of themselves to you too. Okay? But when I sat down finally and said, Lord, I am no good at picking women. I need help. And somebody had advised me to be very specific in my prayer process. And I was very specific in my prayer process. I'm not going to go into the details, but I prayed every aspect of my marriage or of a wife that I felt I needed, I prayed for very, very specifically. Okay? And I can tell you that God answered that prayer absolutely. Okay, and, I, and it was years later that it occurred to me that he had answered it so completely. But when I got off the dot and I got back into who I was in Christ, blessing, not dot. Okay, when, uh, when I opened myself, I, I had 24 years in the National Guard and I had two tours to Iraq. And uh, quite honestly, I don't mind the heat. The heat doesn't bother me. That's the one thing that is so hot. Yeah, I got to 152 on the, on the concrete one day. Uh, I went to use the bathroom at about 11 o'clock at night, went out of my chew, which is a condensed housing unit. Is, that's about, that's all you need to know about that. They're very small boxes. Tiny homes were originally started in Iraq, right? So I was in my chew and I went out and I had a little chill and I looked at the temp, it was 90 degrees. I was like, boy, a chill at 90, that's kind of cool. So, but, but I like the heat. So Iraq, I had a very uh, not great military experience. And it's because I'm not a yes man and it's because I refused to be stuck on the dot. And I can tell you there's a lot of military guys, and Aaron can probably attest to this, who are stuck right here, okay? So I had a very ugly experience, but what changed it for me, I did 24 years and I retired. I started having problems about, oh, I don't know, four years in, okay? When I decided that I needed to start spiritually leading my soldiers, that changed my dynamic. And I went from stuck on the dot to then blessing. Was it easy? It was absolutely not freaking easy. Was it hard? It was very hard. I put up with, it's not like God rolls out and says, okay, nothing but blessing, it's all good. Like it's a peanut butter knife, he's just going to spread it right on that bread for you. Okay, uh-uh. Blessing can also come with many hardships. He wants to see the level of your determination. You've heard it. God helps those who help themselves, right? That's absolutely true. So when I chose to start spiritually leading my soldiers, it made the difference in uniform, okay? I had Bible studies at, uh, going during both deployments. I had many soldiers who weren't even my soldiers come to me for advice when we were stateside as well. I had many soldiers actually on deployments who would come to me for advice as well. And it wasn't because I shoved it down their throats. It was because I wasn't what I called a twofer. You guys ever heard of a twofer? A twofer is where you get two people for the price of one, which is a lot of soldiers, is it not, Aaron? I know you're a vet. That's the reason I'm asking you, okay? It's where they are one way in front of mama and they are another way in front of the guys. I was not that guy. I was the same way, no matter where I was, and I, I believe that's why God blessed me with the ability to, to help these guys. When I opened myself 
to my potential self-worth, which I have struggled with for a long time, blessing. It got me off the dot. When I opened myself, it was totally based in the renewing of my mind. Is that a problem with people today? Is that a problem in the church? And I don't just mean this congregation. Is it a problem, is it a problem in the body of Christ? I was so bent, my wife and I were so bent on getting off the dot that I'm sure, my fourth oldest son is here, I'm sure that there were times when they had one pep talk too many. It was like, dad's positivity is driving me crazy. But, but I wasn't like the, I wasn't like the, the uh, who's the, the guy that you love and I don't like as much? Tony, huh? No, Tony, uh, big tall positive guy. Tony Robbins. I've seen Tony Robbins uh, in person and uh, I like a lot of what he has to say, but that kind of positivity drives me crazy. There's different positivity. You do not have to, why do I say that? Because I don't want you to think that I'm up here telling you you gotta be Tony Robbins and you gotta jump through the pews and you gotta, and you gotta run up to everybody all excited. There are different levels of believe in yourself. You can be very intense without being nose to nose. You can be very positive without bouncing off the walls. Right? Yes, okay. So, renewing of my mind. Oop, it's like kick plugs out. First Corinthians. Chapter three. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, and the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. This is where Christians miss it. The temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. If indeed you have the Spirit of Christ in you, you are holy. And you've got to quit separating yourself from that. You've got to quit operating in, I don't know if I can do that, to, no, God told me I can. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You ever heard that? Is that, is that in line with this scripture? Yeah. We are holy, and we shouldn't use it or feel like it's this detriment to us. It's this thing that drags us down. It's that thing that builds us up. It's what makes us who we are if we choose to let it. We have strength. We as Christians are already victorious, already. You just don't feel it. You don't feel like it yet. Because you feel the pressure, the, the impending pressure of, of, a, of a government, quite honestly, that wants you squashed. Let's be honest. Luke chapter 6, you can look there if you want. I'm not going to actually go there. Luke chapter 6, in, in verse 22, it says, Blessed are, men, are you when men hate you. In verse 27, it says, Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. In verse 31, it says, Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. In verse 37, it says, Judge and you won't be judged. And in verse 38, which is my favorite one, it says, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. What's that mean? Does that mean never judge? No, it doesn't mean never judge. Judgment is a natural process that you use to determine safe or not safe, right? It's absolutely essential. You need to learn to judge righteously. For by the same standard with which you measure, it will be measured to you. 
are our enemies always outside of the church? No. Are our enemies always outside of our home? Are our enemies ever looking back at us from the mirror? So how does that play in then to whoever destroys the temple of God? That could be you. That could be this right here. So what does this have to do with the dot, all of this that I'm talking about? Because right now we're talking about judgment and forgiveness a little bit, aren't we? Is there room for judgment and forgiveness in the United States right now? A lot of, a lot of judgment right now. What's that? Yeah, not a lot of forgiveness. If you want to speak politically for just a second, and then I'm going to move right on from it. I have determined, because I'm very conservative, I have determined that conservatives would still die for the rights of, of liberals, but a lot of liberals are telling the conservatives to just die. It's true. Now, am I saying that is for every liberal? No. Am I saying that every liberal is stupid? No. They have souls. Do we have any less of an obligation to take the gospel to a person who is liberal than we do to somebody who's not? Still obligated, regardless of whether they hate you. Who's got, the, who's got the clicker thing? Give me my next picture. Here's your dot. What it have to do with the dot? That right there. I don't care what you think about coronavirus. This is not about, this is not a class on coronavirus. But this is an absolute that regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on with it, what you think of it, what you don't think of it, what you want to do with it, what you don't want to do with it, what you think of the people that agree with it or don't agree with it, this is the single biggest division I've ever seen in my lifetime. This dot. And I don't think anybody on either side could disagree with that. This is your new dot by design regardless of what you think about it. Because if you don't believe it's of the government, and that's fine, then absolutely believe it's of Satan. Amen. Designed to divide the people in this building, not just the people across the nation. They have looked, Satan has looked for a way, told you, crafty guy, to divide people and now those who are God-fearing or those who claim Christianity. So, it's divided family and friends, judgment and unforgiving, right? It's, become, it's divisive. Not only has it affected our judgment and our forgiveness, it's begun to hardness. Have you heard others wish death on others over this dot? I have. In the very beginning, as an example, in the very beginning, of the whole pandemic. My daughter-in-law, not this one, was walking in a grocery store with her kids and a little old lady told her that she hoped one of her family members died. That was in the beginning. That was before the last year and a half, two years of nonsense, okay? On both sides, I might add. And like I said, this isn't about my view on this. This is about my observations. This isn't to pass judgment. This is to point out, this is your dot. Go to Mark 16. Ultimately, this is what this is all about. 
Our jobs as Christians have not changed. My job when I was a soldier, I was, a, I was an Abrams mechanic, which is the, well, I was a, a Bradley mechanic, which is a armored track vehicle with a smaller gun, excuse me. And then I was an Abrams mechanic, which is the big tank that you always see ripping across, you know, doing 70 miles an hour in the desert. Then I was a supply sergeant, which meant that if guys needed guns, bullets, or food, that was me, radios, that was me, okay? And then uh, and I, I deployed under that status at one point. And uh, if any of you are ever curious, this is a side note, if any of you are ever curious how the United States handles equipment when they pull out of a country, you come talk to me because my job, I was the second to last uh, deployment in Iraq. And my sole job for a year was getting equipment out of the country because we were pulling out. I can tell you exactly how that works. Okay, I had to do it. But when I was in Iraq, the first time I had a Bible study with 12 guys. One of them was LDS because he was very curious. He was very, he was very verbal about being very curious. Okay, super good guy. He was a chaplain's assistant. But you know what? That wasn't my job when I was in Iraq. Second time I had a Bible study with a, a few guys and I had the privilege of immersing a couple of guys right there outside the ruins of Ur, which is where Abraham was, which was kind of cool. But, but that wasn't my job in Iraq. Or was it? My army stuff was what I did. My devotion to Christ and taking the word to the lost, that's my job. We get too wound up in the dot, whether that dot is this, whether that dot is our job, whether that dot is, our, that dot is our spouse, whether that dot is our kids, whether that dot is sports, whether that dot is, take your pick, start, start a list. There's a ton of dots, right? But really the dot we should be focused on is seeking and saving the lost. Mark 16, 16, or 16 verse 14, sorry. Afterward he appeared to the 11, to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to, the to all creation. He who is believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who is disbelieved shall be condemned. So this great thing, he comes in and he says, <coughs> excuse me, he says, he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And then he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said what he needed to say, and then he said what he came to say. Right? It's like with your kids. You approach them a little bit, and then you talk about what needs to happen. What changed? What has changed? In here, in Mark 16, 16, or 16, 15, sorry. Before this came, what changed between now and then, as far as this job goes? Nothing. Nothing. How much of it's happening? That's a, yeah, that's a rhetorical question, by the way. I don't expect to see hands. It is our job to seek and save the lost. It is our job to get back to work. It is our job to get off this dot, deal with it as we need to deal with it, and move forward. Because it's like a rock in a pond if you have a family, so to speak. Drop the rock in the pond and what does it do? It ripples, right? That first ring would be, if, if you are the rock, that first ring would be probably your spouse. And then the next ring would be your kids. And then the next ring would be 
family, say, I'm just guessing on that one, but I mean, it's going to be different for everybody. And then, fam and then friends, and then as that goes out, those waves, they affect. We affect. And if all we ever do is talk about this and the government trying to shut us down, this is not going to happen. Not going to happen. One thing I would really encourage you on as I close here, A, remember your job. Remember your job. And I will say this just really quick. A lot of the older guys and ladies probably remember that back in the day, the argument wasn't viruses and all this noise. It was evolution versus creation. You guys remember that? Constant evolution versus creation. And you know what I remember succinctly about the argument from the other side? Because obviously I'm a creationist. Evolutionists always said, you just don't trust the science. Have you heard that before? So, words matter. Design matters. I'm not telling you to be anybody. What I am telling you is to remember who you are in Christ. Operate from that space, not this space. So you go out, remember you're already conquerors. Thanks. Let's stand. Teach me, Lord. Thanks for listening to The Sedated Man, bringing Christian men back to power in their homes, congregations, and communities. We'll see you next time.